Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. And joining us now is former Major Leaguer Brent Lillibridge. He played college baseball for the Washington Huskies and was drafted by the Pirates in the 2005 MLB Draft. He spent nine years playing professionally, and his career included time with the Braves, White Sox, Red Sox, Indians, Cubs, and Yankees. He was a great defender and utility player, starting at every position except for pitcher and catcher during his career. He is a husband, father, and a man of faith who now owns a facility called Base by Pros. He trains athletes holistically using biblical principles backed by science to create resilient and self-driven people. Brent, thanks so much for being with us here on Unpacking It. How are you? Very good. Thanks for having me, Bryce. All right. Well, we appreciate it. So we're going to jump into your story in, in just a little bit. But but first off, spring training is taking place right now. What what are the, the, the best memories of, of this time of year from your playing days? Oh, man, uh, making the team. <laughs> That's, <usually laughs> That's good right. Memory. Um, no, I, I mean, spring training always felt like a kind of a blur. Um because it was, you know, every single day grinding and, and, and trying to prepare yourself to, you know, look good. Because there's not one point in my career where I had a guaranteed contract. Um, I think only one year where I knew I had a roster spot for sure because I had a really good successful year the year before. Um, so it was, you know, this time of year, it's the last of the rosters and, and just looking to put yourself in position to, to make the team or become a starter. And, and so that challenge like was stressful, but it also brought up my best playing performances and, and really set me up for the, the season that went ahead. But man, there's a, a lot of stress that I, I, I still fall back on. or still kind of remember at this time of year versus necessarily like what maybe fans feel like is now we get to watch these guys play for six, seven innings instead of the young kids. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's right. Well, yeah. what, what was that dynamic like? Here you are, you know, a bunch of guys are, are fighting to make a spot as far as the relationships go. Cause you're wanting to still, you know, you're hanging with the guys, you're, you're playing together, you, you want some level of teamwork, but at the same time, you're trying to stand out and separate yourself. So what's that dynamic like? Man, you know, now, knowing now, after being out for over four years, like, I think I would have handled it a little bit differently, just, you know, learning and understanding, like, if you, if you focus on what you can control and you, you love on other people in the process, like, you're, you're going to put yourself in the best position versus worrying about outcomes that we have no control over whether you're the guy you're competing against is has a hit or makes an error like you can't be willing that and you also can't be worrying about that you just have to take care of your business but honestly I, I was very fortunate um the guys i competed against or fought for starting positions with um they were all quality guys in the same spot we all kind of got where we were as kind of year-to-year free agents and you know uh, and owned by comp- owned by the the league or i should say the teams but um, we just kind of pushed each other and grinded and, and knew that if we both were successful, either we both make it or we get picked up by somebody. Uh, very cool. Brent Lillibridge, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And and you, of course, were, were known as a utility player and, and a guy that could you know just play a lot of positions and, and fill in where, where need be. 
What what led to that, to, to you becoming that type of player? You know, I don't know specifically how it kind of fell in my lap in that situation, um, but I know it actually, I started being equipped for it when I was at University of Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, I walked in my freshman year, had a really good fall, but uh, when I signed, or I say I uh, agreed to go to University of Washington with a scholarship, uh, the expectation was that that, that junior at the time uh, would be drafted and it would be shortstop would be all mine. He ended up getting drafted really low um, and coming back. And so he was a solid defensor as a senior. So I wasn't going to be able to replace him. So I started trying to find different spots on the field to work. And it ended up being um, about probably right when we started Pac-10 play, which is now Pac-12, um, I ended up going out to the center field because there was a big gap of offense. And, and I knew I could, I mean, not no offense to outfielders, but I knew I could run a fly ball down much easier than a ground ball. Yeah, and and I started started just showing that hey, as long as I'm in the lineup, I can play a defensive position, and turned out from there, I ended up being an All American and playing a you know, playing for the USA team in center field, um, which was a huge blessing, and then going back into the infield, and that kind of just got my mind to say hey, I want to be a shortstop. I know I can be, but man, I, I actually have a lot to offer in playing the positions, and and when I got called up with the Atlanta Braves. Um, they had some really strong shortstops, Edgar Renteria, and then oh, behind yeah. him was, you know, you know Escobar. Um, and so I had to be able to play second base. I had to play, had to play third base when Chipper was hurt or, or you know, alien or something like that. And, and so I just kind of set myself up, hey, as long as I get to play, I don't care. Um, and it kind of just rolls from there. And I think the biggest uh, White Sox were the ones that saw specifically that I could play multiple positions. And that's where Ozzy, when he was my manager, and Robin – saw me as that was my most valuable tool is being able to play everywhere man and now using that experience to help coach and train kids at this stage of your your life is really cool and and so i know that that brings a ton of value uh brent lillibridge our guest right now on unpacking it and and so you've been retired now for for a few years and and so what was the transition like from your playing days into what you're doing now and how important was it for you to remain associated with the sport of baseball yeah i think i feel very fortunate um you know being able to make enough money to to make decisions not you know out of desperation more of like what i I felt called to and when i was playing um i had an especially when i was at university of washington i had a coach my last year my junior year that had some professional experience and i like attached to him one because Mm. okay you're where i want to be um, you know, he had great insight of it's a lot of character building stuff. Um, he really got me into an elite position as a shortstop. We worked so hard on it within, you know, NCA rules, um, and, and really grinded. And I realized right when I got drafted and, and I was so equipped for that, that life and my routine and just taking care of my business that I accredited so much to his development of me and being on me. Cause he goes, listen, like, I don't, we know you're gonna get drafted. Like unless something crazy happens, let's get you in a position not to only have a great season, but to set you up for what that's going to look like in the years ahead. And I credit a lot of them. I'm so close friends with them to my acceleration through the minor leagues. And so at that moment there, I was like, this is, this is what I want to do for other kids. Hopefully 15 years from now, not like eight years ago from now, but <laughs> yeah. hopefully a 10 year major league career. And I can do this for other kids. And I thought it was going to be college. I, I, I always had mm. a dad. I want to go back to the university of Washington and I want to be, you know, finish my degree, be, you know, grad assistant, and then end up, you know, hitting coach or something and end up running it. 
Um, but I just felt really led towards an entrepreneurial creating something out of nothing. Um, and I loved instruction. I liked the one-on-one and small group and, and, and being able to work with large teams and being available for all organizations that I just felt like God was really calling me towards something unique that was coming with a zero income guaranteed, um, to create something. And, um, I mean, wake up today and, and my company that I partnered with one of my, my partners, Mitch Canham, um, has hmm. grown into a, a thriving, um, you know, really like a consultancy where we, we have a facility, but we just help organizations in select and little league and, um, and pony ball and all these different organizations just to be better at teaching, better at inspiring. Um, like I said, like you had said, the biblical principles backed by science, it's like, these are things that are going to guarantee a kid will be successful. And I'm very fortunate that I had that desire. I had that vision in my head that God just placed like, this is what I want you to do. Now it was not at all. There was not one. I mean, every day I feel like I was second guess myself, you know, staring at things that I don't think was, you know, how is this actually going to happen? Like how in the world can I, you know, pay for my family, you know, not be pulling out money over and over again out of my savings to to survive this thing. And I just feel very blessed, but it was a huge process and a growing, it was a huge growing uh, time for me and my wife. And I, you know, when we had lots of money and, and life was simple as a baseball player that this was a whole new adventure and man it was uh, it's the best decision i made oh that's that's really cool to hear and and it's called base by pros academy base by pros academy.com is the the website and it's in the state of washington and and so how did you land on that word base and 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 how does that mm-hmm. kind of translate into even how you guys coach based on that word yeah, for sure. So Mitch Tannum, um, he's the, he was the owner uh, and created Base Our Pros in 2012. Um, I was I met him a couple times while we were playing both play. He played for the San Diego Padres, bounced around a little bit, um, made it to AAA as a catcher, um, but always had this leadership mentality. Um, and now he's the AA manager for the uh, Seattle Mariners with high aspirations to become you know on, on that major league team in, in the years to come. Yeah, and. And he just one time when I was retiring, I was thinking about it. He was like, let's just talk. I have this company I work with. We or I, I built that. It's just about helping kids, kind of mentoring kids through college process. Um, we do kind of, you know, I help them if they need help with like their swing and all that stuff. But really, it's just about like a one-on-one focus. And and so I was very interested in being involved with that alone because I know that that process is really hard because it's not just about adding you know, your profile to a college recruiting site and colleges find you. It's, it's a personal relationship. It's, you know, selling yourself and a lot of stuff. Um, and, and then I realized I got an idea on top of this. I really like to do some more hands-on with kids. I can mm. use my platform to, you know, walk through some doors that just a guy that loves baseball wouldn't be able to get to because of my major league experience um, and just kind of really build something from the ground up and create, you know, curriculum and, and really start driving this. And, the goal was just to work with kids um, and try to get involved in the little leagues that were struggling a little bit with quality of content and coaches being, you know, in the right position to teach these kids to keep them in the game. Um, and it just really grew and all our stuff has kind of changed over time and got more efficient and, and more, um, you know, more curriculum that's actually like on paper and, and we have really good processes now. Um, and so the building at the base by pros is building, building an athlete sports education really kind of, realize exactly our mindset is 
it's not just about the sport. It's about building the education of a successful person, you know, learning character traits, learning how to set goals, learning to know your identity and, and the passions you have and how to really maximize those things through a, a really a backing of, of, of faith of that Jesus has every one of us, you know, God created us for a purpose. Um, a, has We have specific passions that he's created in us to, you know, to pursue and sometimes we just don't listen to it or we believe the lies that we're not equipped for that. You know, great speakers um, that I've seen or great kids, they believe the exact opposite of what they're gifted at. Oh, I can't do that. Hmm. But in the end, they were created for that. And, and our goal is to kind of pull out that through baseball and softball right now. But telling kids, like, listen, like your investment in your sports in general, like in baseball, it's, it's the return on investment is exponential because of the work you're putting in, you're loving what you do. Um, you're learning how to, you know, grind through adversity when you fail, but also at the same time, like all the work you put in for very little fruit and what that is going to do, not only in your spirit and also in your character, but in your mind, you're setting your brain in a space where I choose passion I choose what I feel like I'm called towards and I'm going to give it a hundred percent and I'm going to deal with failure, but failure is just an opportunity to learn and all these processes that businesses and, and other vocations are looking for is these type of athletes. And if we can equip these kids from the eight year old on to start buying these principles um, when they're malleable in their brains, like, mm. and they can create good habits, ugh, dude, these, these kids can do something really special in this world. And we're just using it, you know, using a platform as baseball players. Oh, man, that's that's so neat to hear. Brent Lillibridge, our guest right now on Unpacking It, spent nine years playing professional baseball and, and played for the Braves, the White Sox, the Red Sox, Indians, Cubs, and Yankees, and, and is now teaching, training athletes uh, holistically using biblical principles, and, and he's got a facility called Base by Pros uh, out in the state of Washington. And, and so you're right there in the mix when it comes to you know, young baseball players, little league, travel ball. What, what is your perspective on the state of youth, and specifically baseball, compared to when you were growing up and, and, and how it kind of just operated and, and people's even perspective of it back then? Yeah, so, I mean, you can't hide from the numbers. Um, there's significant changes in, in participation in baseball and softball versus lacrosse or hockey or other places. I, I read a study, um, which is really kind of our driving force um, as a baseball player. I want kids to play, and I want that, I want that particip- participation to go up. Um, is There's been a huge shift, over 20 to 40% in those sports versus baseball, which has been – um, consistently dropping at 10%. Mm. Um, and so, you know, in say, like we have to work in sales, right? To sell parents on what we do. Um, cause we're not fit. We're not, you know, we're not free is, is we as coaches or organizations have to realize it's not the kid's fault that they're quitting. It's our fault. And mm. we have to learn what are we doing incorrectly? What are we not enticing them to do? And, and it really comes down to is every generation has different, you know, technology. They have different, um, kind of rhythm to how they go about it. And these new generations is not, you know, it's not their fault. We've absorbed it, right? We use social media. We use our phones. We have so much technology at our hand, at our fingertips. We never are bored anymore. Um, and this generation has never been to a blockbuster, never had to wait <laughs> for something, right? Yeah. Never had to ever wait for anything, a TV show to come on on just Saturday mornings, no. right? So, so for them, 
what the issue is, is, is there has to be not to say a faster speed to the game. It just has to be applicable to how their brain works and how their brain's kind of been molded, even though we go are one of our goals is to kind of create the kids understand the science behind how important rest is, how important downtime is, meaning literally being bored, the importance of daydreaming, where great ideas come from, hmm. all science facts like this idea um, of how kids don't sleep enough and, you know, they're averaging five, six, seven hours of sleep when they need to be in nine to 10 hours at a young age. Um, all these different things, we share the science behind it. But at the same time, we have to equip them and engage them in a way that really you know, gets them fired up. And in that part is technology. And that is, is balancing the critique or the clinic or the, you know, skill aspect of the game into a play aspect. Um, and so we do a lot of, me and my partners do a lot of research We're researching on like what, what is enticing kids to go to other sports, right? Other team sport versus to baseball. And, you know, without giving secrets away in the end, we know that there has to be a balance between play and skill and the play and development. And I think baseball has done a really bad job in general of the play aspect, trying to teach a four-year-old the same way we teach an 18-year-old, trying to teach a seven, eight-year-old how to round a base or point to a base when they just need to learn how to run through the first base and learn how to get rid of the ball really fast versus throwing it to a guy at first base that will literally not catch the baseball no matter how good he is. Hmm. Um, and just this mindset and shifting, like, let's be creative, right? Let's just build something that's different. It's obviously not working. Yeah. Um, across the league and other stuff, like let's create systems in place to, to really engage this generation so that these kids make a decision at 13, 14, right? Okay, I'm not good enough to play this game. I don't have the hand-eye coordination, right? Baseball is a very high-level skill, a high-level athletic uh, competition. And so, like, they're, you know, at one point you'll know if you can or not. You can't. Um, but they should not quit. They should not be walking out at 10 years old or 11 years yeah. old, which is what's happening. Um, and so that's where... Um, I see kind of stay in, but I also sometimes super optimistic because I don't, you know, I believe there's people like me around the country that are seeing some of this stuff and, and, and really getting excited to say, I have something the world hasn't seen before. I have something to offer to really kind of change the, this, this, this space. But in the end, as long as sports in general as a collective are, are growing and teaching kids correctly and they're going to the same principles that we do in the baseball world, like I could care less. I just want them to stay in baseball because they were talented enough to play baseball and they loved it, but they quit because of a bad practice ran or a bad situation with a coach. Cause he didn't know that the old school thought of yelling at them and making mm. these sprints after the game have no, has shown no clinical or scientific backing to say that's actually a value for the kid. Mm. You're focusing on fear. You're focusing on the failure aspect that you have a result. They already got the results. What a great perspective from Brent Lillibridge here on Unpacking It, former major leaguer, and, and now training the, the, the next generation of, of athletes uh, with a really cool approach. And, and so, Brent, man, we, we love talking baseball and, and love uh, just hearing about what you have going on today. Uh, but we also love just hearing stories of, of faith and, and, and would love to, to really just kind of hear what, what were some of the, the key moments or, or even the key people that, that led you to put your faith in, in Jesus? Yeah, so I, I, I fell in love with Jesus at eight years old at a uh, Cedar Springs camp in uh, Granite Falls, Washington. Mm. Um, it was a, you know, it was just an awesome opportunity. It was just a lot of fun, and God just really met me in that, that, that space. But as you know, like, your faith hopefully doesn't stop and just accepting Christ and, 
and believing in what he did for us at age eight, that it's grown in faith over time. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I, I just feel very fortunate that I had a great family. Um, my parents were our believers and, um, just strong in their faith and, um, prayer warriors. And uh, I've always been a very good, um, example of how to love other people. Um, and, and then on top of that, as I, as I see through these like kind of spaces in my life where, you know, my faith really had grown and, 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 and they always came through. And I think this is normal, right? Just like anything, like real growth comes through stress. Um, just like working out comes through like the stress of the weight. That's where I build muscle. And, and, and it is in those moments that I used to avoid, you know, in stress when I was younger and maybe even yesterday <laughs> trying to avoid <laughs> these things um, where I saw huge um, growth, growth in my faith and in my reliance on God and, and learning how to hear from him versus just speak to him. Um, and just this practicing of, you know, growing and, and saying my recent, my confidence is going to come from hearing directly from him versus hope, you know, having the, this kind of blinder faith to say like, I hope he's going to be here um, as he is always here because he's omnipresent. This idea of, you know, I, I can actually have faith and knowing because of the, what he has spoken to me and what he's, you know, through scripture and through people that I can be fear, fearless instead of fearful. Mm. Um, and I see these moments in high school and I see these moments in college and I see these moments in, you know, my minor league career and major league career where I thought it was a bad time. I thought it was a, you know, it was a no way I'm going to get out of this kind of this feeling and realizing it was just an equipping. It's just a shift of my heart towards what God's calling was for me, equipping me for right this present point now. And the same thing he's doing for me right now um, is equipping me for something that's going to happen in the future. But I just feel this calling consistently of just being in the present and saying like the past, the past is the past, the future. I have great plans for you, but you know, I have something special for today. I created it. You're still alive. Um, and today there's something special we're going to do together. Um, and no matter how bad you screw it up, I'm a little bit bigger than you. And, <laughs> Amen. and so, and so don't worry about that. Um, but in the process, like continue to pursue me and, and, and I'll give you the, correction so if i could name you know talk about like some specific events and all that stuff it's honestly every point in my you know i do a lot of journaling cool every point of struggle any point of struggle that i had where i was you know literally and figuratively on my knees um in in, in desperation is that there was god always heard and and there's always something you know, a day or a month or a year that was connected to that prayer or that, you know, struggle that I said, now I look back and say, okay, wow, if it wasn't for this, this space, this stress or this, you know, reliance, like I wouldn't be where I am today. Right. If I didn't finish my career, um, um, in, in 2014 and, and I wasn't in a spot where I just was, I knew that I was done. I didn't have the passion I had for the game. I wasn't, I didn't have this like drive to just be better, a better hitter and a better baseball player. Um, then I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have said yet, said no so easily. And I wouldn't have been able to be where I'm at working with these, these, these kids and organizations, the relationship that created in these four years. If I was still playing, the baseball pros wouldn't be where it's at. And, and I feel very fortunate that not worrying about, oh, I wish I could have played another four years. Cause my body still says I can. Hmm. Um, that, that that I don't regret that because of I just see these 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 turns or this you know just oh that's why you had me there that's why you focused on me and so I mean I think we all every every person in, in reflection sees that um, but I just I am very fortunate that 
for every stress, there's been some kind of incredible growth when I'm obedient instead of being, you know, like I usually want to do is fight that and say, I can do it. And Mm -hmm. it's just really cool to see God's faithfulness in that. That's right. And and I love that word reflection. And, and, and even you mentioning that you journal and I'm a big believer in that. And and I've done that throughout my life and not something I do every day necessarily, but, but something, especially it's important during the seasons of difficulty to put those thoughts and feelings down on paper and then to be able to look back and see God's faithfulness through those seasons to say, man, he met me in that place. I'm, I'm writing about, you know, the pain that I'm going through, but knowing, wow, God got me through that and look at all that I learned, look at all the details that he orchestrated throughout that process. So I, uh, I echo your, uh, your thoughts on that. So that's really cool. Brent Lillibridge, our guest right now on Unpacking It, former major leaguer and uh, now is a, a baseball coach and, and trains athletes uh, holistically using biblical principles uh, through his, his organization and facility called Base by Pros. And, and so, Brent, kind of along those lines, and, and as we, we start to wrap things up, uh, what has God been specifically maybe teaching you or showing you recently? Kind of, kind of what, what season yeah. are you in right now where, where you're growing and learning? Oh, man, you always lead by passion, right? So what is that thing that you just feel incredibly passionate for? And I think my, you know, my employees will kind of like attest to this or actually interview them and say, like, man, you just come in, you come in with this just focus or the thought that's like way past what we were actually planning. And then we just kind of run with it. And my passion right now, and this is what I've just been seeing, is just a real brokenness of, of kids in general. Mm. Um, I, I really think that they really miss really the calling that God has for their lives. I think they struggle incredibly with identity. This, mm. this generation, and I think we in general have accepted this because I know, you know, I'm 35, my wife's 34, my parents are in their 60s, but social media and all that stuff like it, it just a re, it's a reminder of the the fear of missing out saying i'm not doing enough right and we see this in promotions which we have to do I, I hate promotions i hate honestly for me like i i wish we could just grow without like getting our brand out there because mm. i don't want to promote because i feel like we live in kind of two spaces in general is we either we're always self-protecting us and we're in self-protection or we're in self-promotion mm. both those spaces are super dangerous because um because they aren't what God has called us to do, right? To protect ourselves and to promote ourselves and it's to love other people. And what I see with this generation, and honestly, it's every generation, but these kids I, that I have, you know, I have to, I work with and, and even parents too, is they struggle with their identity. What am I going to, who am I? What am I going to do? And, and they do so much comparison in this process. And, and so what we feel that we can do, and I feel like we're called to do as my instructors and, my employees and, you know, and, and honestly the coaches that we work with is, is reveal that identity of one that you were, you know, wonderfully made, whether they're believers or not, it doesn't really matter. Um, we call it more, we just call it truth, right. Mm. It's about who you are. Um, what is your passion about? Like, and what are the lies that you're that you believe about yourself? Like the crazy thing is, it's really hard for kids to know, like, like the truth, but they are really good at saying what the lie is. Mm. And, and, and why is that? And in the end, it's just, it's Satan. It's, it's this evil, right. That is always, um, reminding us of kind of the exact polar opposite of what God has created us for, right? If you are a leader, I hear these kids, I see the kids leadership skills, right. Or I see this kids, um, uh, ability to, you know, articulate or create. And the first, those lies right away are always lined up to the exact opposite. You're not, you, you can't speak very well, right? 
Um, I'm always going to, I always stutter or whatever it is. They have that kind of leadership speaking skill. And, and so our goal is to kind of draw out that lie and, and saying like what it is and they can list it off so easily. And if, mm-hmm. if you want to tell yourself, you'd be the same, like, hold it. It's really easy for me to say what I'm not good at and what lies I believe. Mm-hmm. And once you get through that process, which is really just one of our talks to do, um, which is called doubt, get your doubts out and then say, okay, now what do we have control over? Right. What specifically do we have actual control of? I don't have control over um, this fear or this, you know, identity, this, this negative identity. I have control over working hard. I have control over like following the passions I want to do. And, and we just believe that if we walk through um, bringing light to the lies that God is going to be able at one point, you know, we don't shove this down the throat. Um, we're not, we're, it's really hard for us is we don't want to be known for, for, for throwing scripture and throwing, you know, Christian music in the facility is because we want to just be through authentic, authentic authenticity and just like relationship. Yeah. And so by revealing that we see these kids starting to realize they are believing in the lies. And this is the same thing on mindset, right? We see this in mindset all the time, like um, very easy. You know, the study says that 80% of your, your thoughts in a day are negative, mm. right? So, so if that's the case, then obviously we're in, we're in a we're in a battle, right? Because we were created for the exact opposite, being complete unification with God and being full of joy, right? And at the beginning, and hopefully, obviously at the end. Right. But we're fighting the battle that science science has said is is a real battle, and so we have to be proactive towards the positivity, proactive towards instead of the don'ts, right? You're not good enough in the things I am good at, the things that I am passionate for. The, and we just call it, you know, in the end, one of our partners, his name's Colin Henderson, um, who works with us. He's a mental skills coach. He calls it feeding the good wolf or feeding the bad wolf. Hmm. Uh, I think it's a proverb. Um, I don't know exactly what, you know, from, from exactly where, um, but this idea that, you know, whatever wolf is the strongest is the one you feed. And so if that bad wolf is fed, he's going to be bigger and stronger and he's going to dominate. But if he's starved, you know, the good wolf's going to thrive and, and, and flourish. And, and so that's where I see um, true mindset, but honestly, in true identity for these kids, like these kids are going to do something really special. And I'm convicted of it every day. And I do the same thing with my staff is just trying to, you know, just grow this thing out because if my staff flourishes and they know they're calling, um, man, it is so easy for them to experience because they experience themselves. They can, they can teach and they can inspire kids um also so it's a as a as a manager and a owner like great to work with kids but Ian, if i can equip my own my own staff to be to have that experience themselves like it's all fake right it's not real they're just throwing some words out there and doing the lesson plan instead of like being passionate because they i've experienced this i've seen the lies i've listened to lies and now i re- I reject those lies man that's powerful stuff well well brent man really appreciate you sharing all that and and thanks so much for coming on the show today and, and really appreciate hearing about the, the impact that you're having on uh, the next generation of, of athletes. And, and so thankful that, that God's using you in this way. So, so keep up the great work and, and thanks again for, for being a part of unpacking it today. Oh, Bryce, appreciate it so much. It was a lot of fun. All right, man. Awesome stuff. Brent Lillibridge, check out base by pros academy.com. He's Brent joining us here on unpacking it. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. 
We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week. 